This is Story Quest. Brand new stories you'll want to hear again and again. This is a story about something so weird that even now, I'm not sure it really happened. It feels like an insane dream when I remember it, and mum and dad don't seem to want to talk about it at all. Or if I bring the subject up, they furrow their eyebrows and give me one of those looks that make you change the subject. We live in a small town in the Lake District. You might know where that is, perhaps you've visited on holiday, or maybe, like me, that's just where you call home. I know I'm lucky, other people have to live crammed in terraces in mucky cities with too many cars. The Lake District is a beautiful place, and it's great that we get loads of visitors too. The shops and restaurants and hotels need the business, and people come from everywhere. Every corner of the world, and the universe, you could say. It's so quiet most nights that silence seems to have a sound all of its own. It's like the inky black stillness presses into your ears, well, until the birds begin to sing at dawn, and then it's like they're on a rotor and won't shut up. I like the dawn chorus, though. It's better than any alarm clock. So that's my quiet life. Or was. Both mum and dad work in a small shop that repairs tractors. And when that's done, they help with mountain rescue. Mountain Rescue has loads of volunteers that help people who get stuck or hurt themselves when climbing and hiking. Usually the accidents are just that. Things that can't be helped. Trips and slips. Other times I hear mum and dad grumbling about people who have got lost or hurt because they're not using the right equipment or not paying attention. I mean flip-flops. No wonder the poor thing fell. Folk need proper walking boots, especially in this ice, mum said one time. You remember those lads who thought it'd be fun to walk up Dow Crag in their trainers? Snow was three foot deep. Really, I remember Dad moaned. They took it in turns to volunteer. Tonight, Dad was on the shift. He'd gone down to the hut, and it seemed as if he'd get a quiet one. Thin clouds moved over the dark sky. Nothing seemed different to any other night. But then, Mum and I noticed a strange green glow in the mountains towards the water. Looks like a flare, said Mum. Someone must have got into trouble. Let's hope they're all right. We didn't think much more about it. But then a little later, Dad came bursting into the room. Mum and me were just about to go to bed, so he caught us in the act, raiding the fridge for ice cream. Johnny, he said. That's me, I'm Johnny. We're going to need your help. Kirsty, you come too. But it's midnight, exclaimed Mum. He shouldn't be out late, and it's not my shift. This is important, no time to explain, just up Tibblethwaite. Not too far, or high up, I'll explain as we go. So shrugging, we climbed into warm fleeces and sturdy boots and followed Dad. There was the mountain rescue team circling something. Circling, what was that? They were standing around, a tubby little alien and perched on a rock in the middle of the waterfall. Yep, I said alien. There's no other way to describe him. Or it. How do I know? Well, he was glowing, and he had six eyes. That helped. A pod-shaped craft lurked in the ferns. It wasn't very big. My first thought was that must have been a snug fit. He appeared to be wearing a cagoule tied up to his four chins, and surveying the mountain rescue team, six eyes looked around furtively. The guys on the team looked bemused. As we approached, old Shep beckoned them out of the way. Reckon it's time for a couple, lads. Old Shep had got his thermos out. 
and others retreated to join him. You'd think they'd be a bit more shocked or something. I know I was. It was just so weird. What's happening? I said. The alien looked delighted to see me. Ah, an Earth child. We only converse with children. On our planet, they're considered the most intelligent of all beings. Adults tend to get rather stupid and muzzy-headed as they get older, we find. No offense. Shep, pretending not to be listening, made a spluttering noise into his teacup at this and muttered something about him not being the one needing help up the top of Tibblethwaite. You want me to help you? I said. Yes, I appear to be lost, Earth child. I was on a terrific ramble through the Oort Cloud. Just took a slight detour towards Saturn. I'd fallen behind the others and, well, you have to see Saturn's ranks with your own six eyes, don't you? Criminal not to miss a chance like that. And then, bless my soul, if I look up, and I'm here. Ahem. Where is he? If you'll be so kind. The Lake District. Or Tibblethwaite Fell, if you want to be specific. Oh, on Earth. And right now you're in the middle of a waterfall. Indeed I am. The alien sloshed his way to the edge and, zapping a button on his wrist, the little pod brightened, hidden in the ferns, and a hatch appeared to open. H2O is certainly fascinating, and so, um, sloshy. But this isn't where I'm meant to be at all. Could you help me get my bearings? I mean, I wanted to help. The alien was indicating the sky, and so... I did the best I could and pointed out some constellations and planets and stuff. Well, um, that's the dog star. And over there, that's Mars. And the moon, of course. I don't really know many other planets. The alien was listening intently and turning compass-like gadgets this way and that as he peered into the darkness. Then I remembered some more. Oh yeah, and that one's the plough. That's a constellation. And the one that looks like a W is Cassiopeia. Wonderful. That's capital. The alien gushed, tweaking and tinkering his modulators. What's he saying to you, hissed Mum? Can't you understand? Not much, it's just gobbledygook. He seems lost. Just giving him directions. He needs to get back to Saturn. Shep overheard this and nodded at me, then indicated a small bright dot towards the horizon. Tell him to get a bearing there. A bleep from the alien's gadgetry, and he gave a happy squeak. There she is, perfect. I can get back on course with no further ado. He seemed to be very relieved, shaking the water off his space crampons, eager to get back in his pod. Don't you like it here? The alien looked a little bit embarrassed. Hmm, what? Oh, I'm sure it's perfectly nice when you get used to it, but it is not to my taste. I'm more methane and sulfur, if you know what I mean. All this oxygen, it's a little bit... He gagged a little, and a sulfurous smell emerged which made the mountain rescue team recoil. Phew! He seemed satisfied, and put his gadget back in the cagoule pocket. Well, that's that. Thank you, Earth Child, for your time and your assistance. I better make tracks be seeing you. And with that, he waddled to the hatch, eased himself in, and with a pop, disappeared, 
leaving only a pale green light behind. The mountain rescue team, including mum and dad, stood mouths agape. Shep, the oldest member of the team, however, appeared to be stifling a smile. Come on, Shep, what's so funny? Just that there's more strange goings on up here than most people realise. All sorts get lost. You know that. I had a feeling this wasn't the first tubby little alien that Shep had seen. His smile was replaced by the usual gruff manner, and it was clear things needed to get back to normal, and he was the one to make it happen. Right, you lot, get that young man home. Fell's no place for a child this time of night. I was happy to begin the walk back down the steps to the woods and the winding road back home. I slept deeply, only mildly thinking about tubby little aliens. And as the days and weeks went on, the memories seemed to fade a bit. But sometimes when the nights were very black, I felt sure I could see dim green glows, like orbs drifting over and above mountain ridges. I wondered if the tubby little alien had found his friends, again, and finally seen Saturn's rings, with his own six eyes. Thanks for coming on a story quest with us. If you like that story, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you never miss an episode.